Welcome to another episode of Digital Detox Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I'll be your host. Today's guest is Mel Carson. Mel and I met when we first spoke on a panel in London for a conference called Search Engine Strategies. At the time, Mel was an evangelist with Microsoft. Today, he owns his own PR agency called Delightful, and in this episode, we talk about everything from content to public relations to social media. This episode was originally recorded for my class that I taught at University of Florida on social media management. Hi, everybody, and welcome. I can't even believe it. We are here, and it's week 12, and we have our special guest, Mel Carson. Um, he is, as you know, the author of our personal branding book that we've been reading all semester. Hey, Mel. Hello, this one. Yep, that one. We just actually, they're finishing up this week. So we've been reading a few chapters here and there. And this week, it, we're 100% we're dedicated this week to personal branding and also productivity and creativity. So Wonderful. thank you. For thank, you to, thank you to everybody for reading the book and all those, that Twitter storm a few weeks ago. That was amazing. Um, it, you know, as an author, it feels really good that uh, people are reading the book, not only just reading it, but, you know, sharing insights and what really resonated with them. So thank you, Lisa, for, you know, passing it on to your students as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, thanks for all your expertise. Um, so, hey, everybody. Hey, we're checking in right now. So we have, um, I think, Celine is here. How are you? Good morning. Good afternoon, actually. Mel is coming all the way from, you're in Seattle, right? Yep. Okay, awesome. And I'm here in celebration. And the students here in this class, there are graduate students from, um, we have a student in Alaska, we have somebody in Hawaii, we have um, wow. some overseas, I think in China or Japan, some are in Florida, but pretty much like a little bit of everywhere. Some in Miami, um, hey Cassie, hey Carrie. Um, so I, I told them ahead of time that we were gonna be um, live and that if they wanted to ask any questions, uh, they could go ahead and put them in the comments. So. Feel free to, if you have any questions that you want to queue up, put them in the in the comments here and I'll put them up and Mel can answer them. But Mel, let's just you know, kind of get started with, you, know, you wrote this book, Personal Branding, a couple years ago, right? Or, yep. Yeah, and so what's what's new? What's, what is like, what are kind of the latest trends when it comes to personal branding that you can add to what we've already read in, in your book? And if you're, college grad or you know some of these are you know most of these are grad students getting ready to either switch careers or add to their careers what, what do you recommend so i i wrote the book a, a couple of years ago um I, I actually started doing the personal branding thing i mean it talks about it in the book uh about six years ago after i left microsoft because i was trying to figure out all right if i start my own agency or my own business you know what what can i how can I help other people? And so it was very nascent in those days. And uh, in the last couple of years since the book came out, we've just seen, you know, a lot more inquiries from um, people uh, e either within companies that want to grow their careers uh, within companies. I'm doing a presentation next week for a um, a, a big software. Uh, technology company that is interested in really investing in its internal teams on their personal brands of how they come across within their business. Um, but then externally, just 
just a lot more inquiries from people right across the board from you know 55 year old um ceos of a healthcare company that uh you know are figuring out that gosh you know i've only got 10 15 years left of my career and i really desperately want to do something else how do i do that all the way to graduates coming out of um, school and you know one of my favorite uh, things that I do every summer is go and give a talk at the Girls Who Code um, wow. camp, which uh, they, they they have them in several of the big companies here in Seattle. So I get to talk to 15 to 19 year olds, sometimes like 40 of them, and give them a talk on how important it is to think about the impression that you're making with people. And um, uh, it, it's quite funny because you, you you often see them on their phones. And initially, when I first did it, I thought I was a bit rude. I'm you know I'm trying to give a talk and you're on your phone. But I got these messages later saying that they were deleting old photo bucket accounts from seventh grade. <laughs> so, I mean, we're just seeing a, a lot more interest in it. Um, it's a lot easier now to create your own digital footprint with you know in, in the old days WordPress. You know, you needed a little bit of, uh, you know, coding skills and understanding about HTML, but a lot of, um, a lot of the uh, the graduates that we're taking on at Delightful or that we see coming in as interns, a lot of them have their own personal website, which is very very impressive to me. And you know, they're going to Square Squarespace or GoDaddy or Wix or or something like that to create it. So it's becoming more of a thing um, especially as the world of work is changing uh, and you know with the gig economy and the fact that people realize that uh, if they join a company they're not going to be with that company necessarily for you know the next 30 years they might be there for 18 months to three years and therefore building a personal brand on the side uh, to make sure that um, there, as we say in the book, discoverable, shareable, and memorable, it is more and more important. Yeah, a couple of things, two interesting things that you noted on. Um, one is the fact that companies are now openly supporting personal branding, where it was mm -hmm. almost like, you know, you know, maybe even five years ago, you know, to make your LinkedIn profile optimized, that might draw attention from your current employer, and that yeah. might send the wrong message, but. Um, you know, I, I think it's still a little bit mixed because I was talking to one of my students yesterday and, you know, a, a lot of people now are, you know, trying to establish their personal brand. And also they might be working at, let's just say Microsoft, and they might have their own side hustle that's, you know, they're they're not sure if it's going to work out to be like a business um, that they can just go to and rely on 100%. But there's the side hustles happening, where the personal branding is important, and there's also just the support from basically you know, businesses. So I think that that is a huge shift. Yeah. Um, when I first started doing it six years ago, there, there were, you know, there, there was a lot of kind of frowning of, well, if I help my employees be more discoverable, then someone's going to come along and poach them. Well, that's not really the point. If you are actually creating an environment of learning and growth for your employees and you're paying them well and you know over here you know i'm from england where benefits is anathema you know because we have the national health service but i know that in the us certainly um, benefits are important if you're getting all that right it the the benefits of having employees advocate 
for your brand, employee advocacy is huge now with tools like um, Sociable and LinkedIn Elevate, actually giving your employees the, the permission and the opportunity to go out there and be influencers and evangelists for whatever it is that their, their expertise is in, in the business far outweighs any, any um, chance of them getting, uh, you know, poached by another company. I think what we've seen over the last six years is a big shift towards people realizing that people really are their best asset. And if they can create an environment for them to learn and grow and thrive, um, then, you know, setting them up, setting them up and setting them out there um, to talk about, you know, the company, their expertise, what they do, that they end up being advocates for the brand, but they also end up being influencers in that particular space, which has a positive effect on the company and the brand as it is. I mean, I, personally, I'm a good example of that for the work that I did at Microsoft years ago. Um, but I also think, you know, people like... Um, uh, Jason Miller from LinkedIn. Um, he has, uh, you know, a fantastic personal brand where he's very useful. He's very helpful. He's uh, interesting, um, and you know, he's a he's a rock photographer with you know a thousand tattoos, and he's just completely not what you would expect a company like LinkedIn to be pushing out there into the fray, but he's done uh, a, an amazing job and recently just announced that he's moving to Bing ads. So, you know, it, it's not like he's been poached by a company other than Microsoft that obviously owns Bing and and LinkedIn. So yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot more um, companies really getting this kind of thing and it's very exciting. Jason's a great example. He was actually one of our um, guests from not this semester, but a previous semester. And I'm gonna remind me, I'm gonna go ahead and share that with this semester because his insights, even though it was a couple of years ago, are still very solid when it comes to establishing your brand on LinkedIn. And yep. speaking of LinkedIn, um, our assignment this week is establishing your personal brand on your LinkedIn profile. So, I mean, there's the typical cover image, profile Im image tips that you know you can kind of see anywhere, but what are some, you know, maybe some creative tips that you can give um, to really stand out on your LinkedIn profile that maybe not everybody's doing? Yeah. So I think you know, one of the big things that we work on with people is, is their story. You know, their summary is 2,000 characters. So you can write a pretty good story in there where we, people set out your stall in the first person where people can get a really good idea of who you are what you're about, you know, what, what's your mission, what's the audience, you know, that you're trying to reach and what's the value that you bring. And I think people miss that opportunity because if people are going to search for you, they're probably going to search for you on one of these and being able to just scroll through, you know, a few paragraphs, getting to know that, you know, person from a, um, you know, that human perspective is, is really important. Then there's the old things around, um, you know, adding any, you know, th there's the whole media thing where you can add in videos that you might have been on, you know, YouTube links or articles that you might have written or, you know, uh, news articles that you might have been involved with. That adds a bit of color, again, draws the eye. If you look at mine, I think I've put on my summary and, and my current job as founder of Delightful, um, 
some of the articles that I've been mentioned in, you know, some of the bigger ones in like Fast Company or the Wall Street Journal and things like that. So that helps, again, double down because what you're trying to do on LinkedIn is, is push the envelope of everything, of all the features that they're putting out there and make you stand out. So not a lot of people use the full 2000 characters for their summary. Not a lot of people use the, the media section. Uh, that you can add those links. And then obviously the big one now is video, that you know it, it doesn't take uh, a lot of money or a lot of time or a lot of resources you know, to put together uh, a video of you talking or you interviewing somebody else, you know, within your niche or, you know, thinking about what message you're trying to get across. But those algorithms love, love, love um, uh, video. So whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, I mean, we, we did something for an executive the other day from a big cloud um, tech company, and it was uh, a six second looping video, just introducing the fact that he was going to be speaking at a conference in, um, I think it was in Australia. And we threw this thing up there and we linked, you know, the, a couple of the partners and the companies that he was going to be talking to. Six second video, uh, it looped, it got, I don't know, 10,000 views, 50 likes, about 10 comments, all this kind of stuff. So vi videos, um, obviously very, very hot as well. And, and then the other thing is, you know, I'm very, always very, very conscious that when people think of their personal brand, they think that they need to be broadcasting the whole time. Um, I think that it's very, very important to make sure that you're engaging with people and engaging with people that, you know, either will be, you know, good partners or of use to you or your business or in your job search or within your internal, you know, search within a business for a mentor or, or someone um, to, uh, uh, engaged with and take a relationship further. Um, so actually engaging with people, you know, reading other people's stuff, commenting, liking, authentically, don't just do it for the sake of it. But I think that um, finding the balance between broadcasting and actually engaging and reading other people's stuff is, is hugely important. And it's just the discipline of having something like this. So instead of, I don't know, you know what you do in the Starbucks line, or or waiting for a bus, or, or or whatever. But you know, having the phone there and having the discipline to check what's going on 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 LinkedIn with your network, you know, at least yeah. once a day, I think is cool. What are your thoughts on um, creating a? So Dennis Yu was our guest a couple of weeks ago, talking about social advertising, but he also touched a little bit on personal branding. Part of his advice was creating a, your you know, we all have actually for the project created our own Facebook page for as a public figure or personal brand. Uh, so any tips, um, you know, uh, as it pertains to Facebook, personal um, Facebook pages for a personal brand? Um, I, 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 it's, it's, it's a good thing because uh, it means that um, it, it shows that my phone keeps going off, excuse me. Um, I think it's a good thing. I've not done it, A, probably because it's a bit of, uh, um, you know, bit of a time crunch because I want to make sure that I'm dedicating enough time to actually make it work because there's nothing worse than going to someone's Facebook page and seeing that they haven't updated it in years uh, or months. Um, 
it's obviously good for uh, you know boosting posts. So if you get enough followers of you on that particular platform, mm -hmm. then it's good for you know boosting those posts to get some extra visibility with, with the things that you're putting out there. Mm -hmm. I think as part and parcel of a of a personal brand strategy, yes, it, it could be pr pretty good. Um, maybe if you don't have the uh, the proclivity or the wherewithal to have your own website, then a Facebook page dedicated to your professional work and, you know, your niche and, and, and whatever it is that you want to do um, is pretty good. But, you know, I've not, I don't think I've, I, I've necessarily um, lost out by not having one because I've found as the years go on, uh, the Facebook algorithm kind of knows that, if I'm posting something about search engine marketing or digital or, or whatever, their algorithm seems to know, okay, that's Mel's set of industry friends over here that need to, you know, his, his sister-in-law in the countryside of, you know, England doesn't necessarily need to see this, but okay. I'm, I'm definitely also about owning your own name. Um, and we talked about this when I started uh, delightful that, you know, having your own website and you know when someone googles or bings your name having something that shows up and being able to own that real estate it's a bit difficult if your name's john smith or or um you know uh, i don't know sandra bullock or something you're going to get into a little bit of trouble there because you know obviously some people have names that you know jive with uh, celebrities or sports people but actually owning your own name and having your own real estate because we never know what's going to happen with some of these platforms we invest so much time and energy in um in facebook and linkedin and twitter and then something happens to them and you know they merge with something else and the algorithms change then but we're hoping that if we have our own website that that you know that will be a constant that um, but you never know what google will do with that Either, so, so. <laughs> yeah, so true. Um, what about having an identity, like a brand identity, almost like a system, like a like a business would have? So a logo or colors or or things like that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like that. I like that idea because um, again, that shows that you're going the extra the extra mile. Mm -hmm. um, again, it's not cost prohibitive anymore. You can go on Upwork or you know. Uh, you know, if you're working in a university, just trot over to the graphic design or the user experience lab and find someone there and, you know, buy them dinner to come up with something like that. So they've got some experience. But we, you know, for, for Delightful, we spent a lot of time working on uh, our kind of logo and brand. So it's, it's kind of, you know, red, white and gray. Um, and what I've done is, you know, I call it a motif. Um, on my personal website, melcarson.com, uh, it's the same colors. So, you know, whether you go from melcarson.com to Delightful, they're the same colors. And then I always try, you know, when I go out, you know, not when I'm traipsing around the house, but when I go out and I'm networking or something, I'll always try and have some element of red on me, whether that's, you know, red shoes or red shoelaces or a red handkerchief or something like that, because it just makes it pop. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I, I think that that's a, 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 a good idea. Um, and it, it's only going to get more prevalent as the barriers 
to people thinking and creating that kind of stuff come across? If you're familiar with Elisa Licht, uh, she was one of our, um, the author of our book, Leave Your Mark. Yeah. She's not 100% on personal branding, but she talks a lot about personal branding. So her signature is her red lipstick. Right. Yeah. So yeah. If, you know, if, if I like that idea to have some something that is a touch um, uh, tied in. So yeah. what are some examples here? We have we had a, a question here. I'm just going to put it up here. I can't tell who the questions are for because of the privacy on the groups. Um, but uh, what should someone starting out begin with for personal branding? So that's a pretty broad question. But if somebody yep. is just starting out, what do you what do you what advice do you give? Um, I would, from an online perspective, I would certainly, you know, we, we do this in our workshops. We actually tell people to couple up with the person next to them uh, and Google each other. You know, what shows up? What shows up for your brand? What shows up when, uh, you know, someone has a look at, you know, and get other people to interpret how they see you. And nine times out of 10, it's, you know, the whole Macaulay Culkin, you know, it's complete shock horror. Um, so, you know, put yourself in the shoes of the people that might be looking for your expertise or for you or your skills uh, and see what comes up and then ask yourself, you know, is there some work I need to do on my digital footprint? And I think the other thing is, is really to start thinking about uncovering your story. You know, what, what, what is your story? How did you get into your need? You know, what is your educational background? And really, what is your purpose? What's your mission? What, why are you trying to do what you're trying to do right now? When people come to Delightful and, you know, we, we don't say to them, you know, why do you want this job? But we're trying to understand um, how they'll fit in culturally. And is it because they need the job to pay the bills? That's not kind of the attitude that we want. We want to see people who have, um, you know, purpose and want to be able to work with us to help change the world through the work that we do with our clients and things like that. So really thinking about your story and your purpose and your mission um, helps with the branding aspect. You know, we put through, we put our clients through uh, the same kind of process that you would uh, a corporate brand. So, you know, we, we put them through a process which ekes out, you know, what is their vision for the world? How do they want to, you know, what's their legacy going to be? You know, um, what's their current mission? You know, what are they going to be doing for the next two to five years in order to realize that legacy? Um, what are their unique qualities? What are their unique um, capabilities? Uh, and then, you know, we whittle that down to elevator pitches. So really understanding what it is that you do in a nutshell, but just make it not boring. So I'm going to an, an event tonight. And when somebody says, what do you do? I'm not going to say I'm the CEO of Delightful Communications, or I'm a CEO of a marketing agency. I'm going to say I help businesses and their leaders become more dis discoverable, shareable and memorable. And so it's just, you know, it, it's just a way of thinking and positioning yourself um, that makes people want to know more. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have about five more minutes. And if anybody wants to ask another question, put it up in the, in the comments and we'll ask. But while um, I, I want to touch on a couple other things. So what are some examples of fails when it comes to personal branding that we should avoid? 
for um, a specific example. And then when you're finished, before we um, are, before we end the interview, I would love to hear a little bit more about if you could share a little bit more about delightful in your agency. Yeah. Um, so the 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 fails that I see are, uh, uh, are people that have who are not thinking about their audience when they broadcast stuff. Um, I probably line up 99 more tweets than I actually tweet, as in, you know, I end up deleting them because I just think, okay, if I'm sending out this opinion or I'm sharing this article or, or whatever, I'm trying to really make sure that I just don't come across as an idiot that I'm, you know, we, we have um, an acronym at Delightful, which is called Aura, and that everything that we put out is authentic, that it's useful, that it's relevant, and that it's actionable. Um, so, you know, read this article or watch this video or, you know, get out of your desk and walk around the block twice because, you know, you need a break, that kind of thing. Um, so the fails that I see are generally people who either look or seem like they're drunk tweeting or something like that because it's just so um, crazy but just thinking about how that reflects badly on their brand yeah. um, and I think the other um, the, the, the other kind of failures is is those people that do not realize that some of the things that they publish or some of the opinions that they have and there's tons of examples of employees who have done this but they don't realize or think that um, their opinion when they're at home uh, and not at work still stands for something, still can be screenshotted, still can be shared, uh, and sometimes can still be public. Like, you know, your LinkedIn network is private for connecting to people, but if you comment on a feed or if you comment on an article, then that's going to go public. And there's tons of examples of being people you know, getting fi fired from companies because, you know, it, it's been discovered that that they've been, you know, um, communicating in, in communities and saying silly things. That whole thing on people's Twitters about views are my own. Your views are not your own if you work for a company like yeah. Microsoft or like mine, because if you share something stupid um, and it, it reflects badly on my business and our values and our principles, then you're going to you know, you're going to have to sling your hook, as we say in England. Definitely. Okay, so we have a couple questions here. I'm going to put them up. So this is from Celine. Should we combine different aspects of our personal brand under one account or have different ones? Example, I'm a full-time digital marketer, but I'm also a huge fitness enthusiast and pet rescuer. Should I combine all of them or focus on one? Yes. I'll tell you why. Because I don't really believe in having separate Twitter accounts, or you know, for for work and and my, you you can set something up that's dedicated to pet rescuing that only that uh, particular um, part of the world or or that community is going to go for. But for your personal brand, I'm already wanting to hire you immediately at Delightful because I think that. That, that your your other interests just add to how interesting you are uh, and I want to know more and I think that um, that that there's 
too many people out there that think that I've just got to talk about work, 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 and that nobody else is going to be interested. What we're trying to do is humanize people uh, and, you know, create conversation starters and icebreakers. And so um, the fact that, that if you combine the two and you're thoughtful about it, I call it, I think in the book called a social media ratio. So 60% of what I'll talk about is work related and 40% is personal because I want people to know, you know, that I have a life, that I have two kids, that you know, I own me and my wife own a wildlife sanctuary just um, not far from Seattle, and that I'm learning all about ducks and beavers and stuff like that. Because, you know, I I, I don't want to be boring. I want to be interesting, and I want to be interested in other people, which is why I need to know who that person is because I want to follow them and see all their pictures. Okay, great. Um, all right, next question. This is a great segue into the next question. As someone rejoining the PR world after time away, I'm struggling with personal branding versus bragging. I was trained to talk about others, not myself. Where's the line and how can I cross gracefully without feeling self-indulgent? Yep, this is uh, this is another good question. Um, I think in, in, in England, we call it hiding your light under a bushel. Um, uh, the yes in your career, it's about talking about other people and helping other people shine but if you've got great stories if you've got something to offer it comes back down to authenticity you know a lot of people brag about stuff um you know and, and it's obvious bragging but you can kind of tell that you know that there's slight augmentation there and you know perhaps not all of it you know seems a little bit too good to be true but if you're authentic about stuff uh, you know, if you're sharing and commenting about, you know, useful things that you've done, that, that it's relevant to that audience. So, you know, within the PR world, I think there's a whole opportunity for people to learn, especially from uh, the work that you've been learning from Lisa about, you know, PR not just being, you know, about awareness that, you know, we can track this stuff and that we can be accountable and that we can use digital marketing tactics and SEO and all that kind of thing. So, Again, it's that authentic, useful, relevant, and actionable. As long as you're keeping people taking action and you start slowly and, and build a brand that people come to for, uh, for you know, news information or advice and you make yourself available, um, then that's, that, that's going to work. But just standing, you know, as I said earlier, just standing on the rooftops, you know, broadcasting, saying, look at me, um, is going to turn people off. So... You know, that's why I make myself available for things like this and for speaking opportunities. You know, and I now speak and get, uh, if I'm paid for doing speaking stuff, that all goes to charity and nonprofits. Um, yes. Just because my, 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 you know, my mission in life is to educate and inspire people. And, and every day I feel really lucky that I've had the career that I've had and I just want everybody else to, to be as enthusiastic about their life's work and to, you know, maybe learn from some of the things that I've discovered and my my amazing network of of friends in the industry like Lisa. I think I've known you 10 years or something right. by now. You were on the panel in London. Uh, yeah. Social Butterflies panel, Social Media Butterflies, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I know, it's crazy. And, you know, we're in the same industry, so I know that you know what I'm talking about now, and I'm sure it crosses over into other industries. But 
from a personal branding standpoint and what and how social media has become so saturated and, and, and everybody's on it i mean where do you draw the line i mean i know where to, where to draw the line but you see people that are basically using their social media as like therapy and like almost like oversharing it's so, okay like this is really mm -hmm for the world to see like these pages of what's happening um and it's not just once it's like constantly and i think that really hurts a personal brand because you're just like can, you know what is really happening with this person yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but it's, you want to have empathy and compassion and know yeah yeah i know i know i know what you mean <laughs> and they're the sort of people that I think I can't cope with this anymore and I just want to unfollow them or unfriend them or mute them or, or something like that. But then I, I'm just intrigued as to, and, and we know, we know who, who a lot of those people are of, of what, really, what they, their personal brand. It's not, yeah. helping. It's not, you know, you're saying be authentic, but I mean, you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, th 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 then the point is that you need to have a plan, you know, um, uh, I'll say mine's been a little more organic in that I do not swear. I do not talk about, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'll I'll let you know that um, uh, <laughs> we had a bit of an issue. Um, this is a bit random, but we had an issue with our car uh, a couple of weeks ago where a rodent got inside of it uh, and exploded and did $4,000 worth of damage to the car. I'm not going to post that. It's disgusting. I'm not going to post that and, you know, solicit a bunch of uh, laughs or, or um, you know, sympathy from people. And, you know, and I, I've had family members, you know, uh, pass away and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to bother other people with, with, with that kind of stuff. You know, I, uh, um, uh, I, I like to keep that a little bit closer to home. So, yeah, oversharing can actually damage, especially if people you know, that you're potentially working with or, um, you know, could end up being clients or colleagues or employees, that stuff will get discovered and it, it will end up being a little bit of a, uh, um, you know, a, a bit of a downer on on their decision of how they want to take that relationship further. Yeah. Okay. So um, I think we got all the questions. If you just want to share a couple, a uh, little bit about Delightful and anything that we should know, about what's happening with you, any programs, and we will call it a day. All right, yeah, um, Delightful Communications, six years old. It's a, uh, we call it a modern marketing and digital PR firm. Um, we work a lot with Microsoft and other big technology companies, uh, but the personal branding side of things is, rank, is um, starting to grow a lot we rank number one for personal branding consultant and agency and things like that you know so we've done a lot of seo on that and so yeah i mean we've got a bunch of services and we just recently launched another kind of product service called co-create work because we see that um, companies have a lot of opportunity internally around their communications purpose culture things like that so if you go to the delightful communications website you'll see a whole thing about how um, my friend Lakita Williams joined us from Amazon recently how she's helping companies with their corporate culture their organizational design and employee experience so check that out stay in touch thanks again for reading the book very grateful um, yeah. and yeah 
Uh, it's been great talking to you all. Thank you, Lisa, for the opportunity. And if you are watching this, the recording of this, and you didn't catch the live, we totally understand. You can still put some questions in the comments, and I'll funnel them to Mel and see if we can get them to answer. Sure. And, um, and then thank you so much, Mel, for being our guest, for writing the book, and giving us the opportunity. No worries. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, everybody. You too.